1: Hey everybody and how you be? It's me, Joey P. Joe P. with you for another edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. With me tonight is the one, the only, Vlad Sedler. Vlad, what's happening, my brother? Not
2: much, man. Doing well. Just uh, sweating some some, uh, games here, getting ready for the Thursday slate.
1: Yes, the Thursday slate. The ever-popular Thursday slate uh, where you have to judge whether or not you want to play the early, play the all-day, play just the late, play nothing at all. Or just play everything and just let it all, you know, ride on black. Whatever it is you want to do, we got you covered here. So let's get to it. Let's break it down. Let's talk about the way uh, the slate looks right now. Now, we talked about how we've got some day games here. We got Cardinals at Reds, Leak and Feldman. You got Angels at Tigers, J.C. Ramirez, Michael Fulmer, Giants at Brewers, Johnny Cueto against Espino making his a 2017 debut. And you got Padres and Diamondbacks, Clayton Richard and Corbin. So, When you just talk about this day slate, let's isolate this for a second. You got a couple pitchers there that you can – look, Leak's been really good this year. It's in Cincinnati. That's a little tricky. You've got Fulmer, who's been pretty decent. You got Cueto, who's been good, but not as much on the road with a tough assignment where a home run Fenry ballpark there for the Brewers. And then you got Patrick Corbin, who very hit or miss, but this year against San Diego has been very hit. What's your gut instinct tell you so far when you look at this slate in the day games? Yeah I mean it it, you pretty much have to focus in I know that
2: these uh, smaller slates are you you have to really be absolutely perfect and uh, you know unlike the big slates where you can really sort of get sneaky with a lower percentage stack I mean here you just absolutely have to hit the nuts and um, you know with this slate um, what's interesting about Cueto is he's going to be the most expensive uh, guy here on the on the morning slate and uh, going up against Milwaukee uh, you know, he he's gonna have some correction, I think, in his uh in that four thirty-eight ERA. Uh currently has a three forty six X FIP. Uh and he has been getting blasted on the road. So yeah. Um, he, he threw a gem at Milwaukee last year, but um uh I, I don't know if you know, going into Miller Park, if he's gonna be my top guy, uh, top option today.
1: And he's the top guy on the board in the all-day slate too, 9,800 Underneath him, Lance McCullers at 97 uh so looking at that when you're looking at the the night games too we're playing the all day if you're going up to the top of the board with quito like vlad said the the numbers on the road this year haven't been great now that's not to say johnny Queto all can't pitch on the road all of a sudden we've seen enough johnny Queto over the years that you can believe in him sometimes past the splits so to me this is more of a trend split than it is a definitive uh, judgment on johnny Queto so far uh in 2017 let's talk a little bit about lance McCullers the next highest guy on the price tag, 9700 uh, at Kansas City in this one. McCullers this year, the strikeouts have been there, that's for sure. He's been better than I anticipated, to be honest with you. I think he's, you know, I was very concerned about him being inefficient. There's still times where he's a five-inning pitcher. And when you're approaching the FanDuel slate with the quality start in play, how does that factor into your judgment calls when you're looking at McCullers? I
2: mean consistency is really key especially with the starting pitching and especially if you're going to be paying up I think the quality starts are uh, really important and uh you know it, it's it's a f- you know free four points and McCullers has done a really good job uh you know eight se- seven of his last nine starts have been quality starts and uh, four of his last five Starts have also been wins, so um, he's not as good on the road. But I think the, his road woes from uh, the previous season have been a little overinflated. His three fifty eight ERA is certainly not awful. Uh, there are a couple of lefties, um, specifically Mustakis uh, and you know, and, uh, you know um, a couple other guys there, and of course the righty Sal Perez, who's you know we're not always considering BVP when it's a super small uh, sample, but right. you know two for six, two home runs. Um, they could get to him. That's the contrarian way if you want to stack against McCullers. But I think McCullers is one of the safest guys on the slate today.
1: Now, John Lesser, another guy has been inconsistent in 2017. Now, he's at home for 9500 It's kind of a tough slate to go cash game here. you got Price who's coming back. He's in Yankee Stadium. He's kind of fresh off the DL for a few starts. So, you mentioned Cueto's issues. McCullers having some issues too. Let's talk about Lesser before we get to Price real quick. He's at home. Uh, he's got Colorado coming into town there. 9,500, is that too much for the inconsistencies that have been John Lesser so far this season? You know what's funny is Lesser's always
2: a guy that I have avoided in drafts over the last couple seasons through good or through bad. And it's obviously been a lot more good than bad um, over many years of his career. Um, But just seems to be somebody that I somewhat shy away from unless he's the clear top option on the slate. Uh, I know he's a little bit easier uh, to run against, um, you know, stolen base wise. And uh, the thing today is, is, you know, he's a big favorite. It's a minus 200. You've got some righties who can hit and, you know, he's allowed a 340 Woba uh, to right handers this year along with seven home runs um so he is the big favorite but his velocity is a little bit down and there are a few guys there that I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit uh especially a guy like Mark Reynolds who's really mashing the ball and of course the great Nolan Arenado um that can get to him so I don't know if Lester's necessarily a cash game um you know the man for cash games today
1: now David Price uh back this is his third start this is actually third one on the road too, so three in a row in the White Sox, Baltimore, now Yankee Stadium. So he's had his work cut out for him in terms of ballpark factor in the early going. That first start was a little limited last week against Baltimore. Much better with the seven Ks. Uh, what are you looking for him this? I, you know, honestly, I'm looking at these guys and I'm thinking the safest single pitcher guy I feel good about is David Price right now. I, I feel actually pretty good about looking at today's slate and going, yeah, you know what, David Price is the game guy that I feel most comfortable with, which is funny because if you asked me two weeks ago if I would have said that about him, I said, no, I want to see a bigger sample size of him before he really gets going.
2: Absolutely. I mean, what, what's uh, really impressive is you know, of course, he's going up against uh, Orioles lineup that's really uh, high up there. I think top three in strikeouts against Southpaws, um, but that was a really, really nice start. Just three hits allowed, one walk, seven strikeouts, and in seven innings, uh, and so that's a really good sign going forward. Especially the uh, the bump in pitch count, um, which I think will see a little bit more of that um you know the next game the problem is and my only concern is that Yankees lineup of mashers um and they did it again today they beat up on Porcello uh, I'm sorry yesterday on Porcello who is um you know definitely not the same quality pitcher and of course um he's a righty um but I definitely think that David Price uh, can absolutely be cash game
1: viable today well Porcello has been incredibly hittable this year uh, oh, I mean, you know, and, and that was always one of the warning signs with him, too. Uh, you know, I, I never understood why anybody got all you know hot and bothered or thought he was ever going to break out because uh, he had, it was this guy who had a low strikeout rate and a high hit rate. And I'm going, well, how is this guy a pitcher that's ever going to mount to anything? And then all of a sudden he has last year. And I just felt like, all right, well, man, whatever he figured out, I, maybe he was just rushed to the big leagues and didn't get enough development time, but maybe he's finally becoming the pitcher he's supposed to be. And now this year, back to his old ways. You know, the strikeout rate's been better. That It's not the problem. The problem is getting hit all over the ballpark. But we don't have to worry about his sorry ass today. So let's keep <laughs> going with some of the other guys. Now, where are you going for tournaments today? You know, I mentioned Corbin against the Padres, which is a risky one. You got Jaco Rizzi going at home against the White Sox. But uh, that might be, you know, a little bit of a dangerous one as well, potentially. Uh, I mean, White Sox much better against lefties than they are righties this year, but where, where's your eye go for GPP play today in the single pitcher? Man, I'm, I'm uh, searching for it. And right now it's tough. I think I'm going to
2: kind of deep dive a little bit more because what's going on is near the bottom there. You got a lot of guys who you literally just can't touch. I mean, you know, the, uh, the final game of the evening tonight is it's going to be Kyle Gibson uh, up against Christian Bergman. And I think that game has got a a nine, um, Vegas total at the moment. That is I that all? Cre- it's gonna, yeah. <laughs> It's gonna creep up. I mean, you know, I, I you know, Gibson is absolutely horrendous. Um, getting crushed by by lefties this season. A four thirteen woba. Um, I think that's a good good uh, good group to stack against. And you know, you're looking at a guy who was typically safe last year, and Joe Ross, and he's been getting absolutely abused. Um, you know, getting hit in both sides of the plate. A forty percent hard hit rate against him. And so, um, as I keep digging, I mean. Scott Feldman, um, you know, and runs allowed in each of his last two games. He's getting hit up all over the place. You know, um, I think the best actual talent on the board from all these guys is, uh, and it's super dicey, but I think you can run it in GPPs, is uh, Ben Lively. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Blake.
1: Well, if you do, I mean, you know, uh, that, that takes to a whole other thing there. I mean, I'm sure most people would prefer Blake Lively to Ben Lively. But I'm going to ask you about Ben Lively. You know, in a world of DFS where strikeouts matter – this is a guy that, in his minor league career, does not have that big strikeout tool. He doesn't seem to be the guy who puts guys away. I know that first start, too, no strikeouts, that's a bit of an anomaly. I don't think that's going to happen again. But does that concern you? Well,
2: absolutely. I mean, that, that's really the, the biggest concern there. Um, but you're talking about a guy with, uh, you know, who's really dominant in the minor so far this year, uh, a 3% walk rate. Um, you know, I think that, uh, the Philly bats can get to, uh, to Ari Dickey on the other side. Um, and I think, you, you know, he, he's been stretched out obviously. And so, you know, I think he can, uh, you know, get a few K's in there and if you get the quality start and the win and you're getting six innings out of him, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, potentially 30, 35 points at a guy that's dirt cheap, that allows you to get some big bats in. Um, of course this is talking like, you know, if you're, if you're doing multi-entry and you're playing 10 teams, of course, you know. Um, you only want to have, you know, maybe like a share or two of him. Um, so definitely dicey because I think strikeouts are the most important thing, but really looking among the cheap pitchers, you really got to dig to find somebody that's worthy today.
1: Yeah, that's kind of rough. All right, let's, uh, let's pivot off of here and let's go over to the catchers. We'll start there. Uh, when you're looking here, you know, you've got Matt Wieters back in Baltimore again, uh, facing his old squad against Alec Asher. Uh, who's pitched eh, mediocre this year, but he's been a little quiet of late over the last couple games there. But the salary's pretty good at 28. Uh, When you look at the rest of the slate with catchers, catchers have been tough all year, especially when you're playing the all-day or just the day slate. You know, you always do have those catchers that show up there who are not the everyday guy, you know, catching the day game after a night game on the getaway day. Any of those potential guys pop out to you? You know, is it – depending on if Herman – I'm not sure if Herman – was Herman catching tonight or no? No, I th- yeah, no, I think it was uh, Mathis. So would that give you a little possibility for Herman potentially? Maybe slip him in there, or one of those other guys. Those, you know, shifty catchers around there might pop up.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a Herman, Mark, uh, specifically. Like, he was my uh, catcher two in most of my uh, my uh, season-long leagues this year. Um, have since dropped him on a couple spots because he's just not getting the playing time because I got three guys there. Um, but I think something happened to him yesterday. Yeah, he's yeah. dealing
1: with a hand issue. I'm seeing it now. Right hand soreness there for Herman. So – uh, you know, unless, he, unless he, you know, he's able to come back after that, the, you know, having the day off on Wednesday, if that's enough. I don't know the extent of that injury, but uh, that would give you pause certainly uh, whether or not he was healthy enough. So who's the value of catcher for you today when you're looking through this slate? Uh, looking through it, I mean, you know, you could potentially have a guy like Cameron
2: Rupp who mm-hmm. um, ha- hasn't necessarily been um, all that good this year? I think he's only hitting 220, uh, four home runs, but um, it, it, it's going to peak up. And, and I think if you're going with a, a higher price pitcher, you got to find some of those uh, you know cheap values. And I think we'll get into some of them. I think there's some available at a you know second base and, and perhaps in the outfield. And so um, I think he's one. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, Kurt Suzuki is in the lineup tomorrow. I think that's a, quite a possibility. And so I think that's an option. Um, and then Wilson Contreras, he's te- technically a value play. I mean, this is a guy that was drafted as the number three or four catcher mm-hmm. in drafts this year and he's 20, 2,500. So, um, definitely a possibility if he's in the lineup, if it's not Montero.
1: How long does this Alex Avila hot streak lost for? I mean, he's like at 324 right now, nine dingers, 24 RBI. He's got a lefty righty favorable matchup. And I'm looking at Alex Avila, 32, and yeah, he's 3,200. Yeah, you got to spend a little bit. But on a night where there's no $10,000 pitcher on the board, I think you can basically say, all right, I'm, I can plug in some of that extra money and maybe pay up and get a little bit more floor, a catcher. Do you agree with the thought process there? Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, he's also hitting really well. He's, uh, you know, just across the board. I mean, you know, obviously that 325 average is going to dip down below 300 when it's all sudden done, if he doesn't get injured even, but um, you know, something like a 500 Woba against righties. Uh, you know, he, he, I don't think he popped one out today, but um, two home run, Uh, Two home runs in in back-to-back games uh, yesterday than the day before. Um, And he's hitting second in that lineup against Miggy. I mean, you really can't beat that. And the price is slowly uh, moving up a little bit. But going up against a guy in J.C. Ramirez, a veteran who, uh, you know, well, a minor league veteran technically, who's – you know, served up seven earned runs in his last start, and starting to get beat up a little bit coming to uh, come into, come into uh, reality here. So I think Avila is definitely going to be one of the most popular options, especially in cash games today.
1: All right, let's go over to first base, top of the board. Obviously, Paul Goldschmidt, 44, Joey Votto, 42, and, you know, and just real quick, I just want to pause on Joey Votto and say, is there a more underappreciated season right now than Joey Votto? I mean, everybody's talking about all these other guys and all the Freddie Freeman love going around, but I mean, can we just stop and smell the roses on Joey Votto for a second, how good he's been? He had a home run uh, last night, two RBIs, and that one put up 25 points. He's got a start here against Mike Leek, the righty. He's in Cincinnati. I know it's 4,200, but, hey, I mean, if you're looking to pay and get a premium return, play a premium price, I mean, why not Joey Votto? But Zimmerman, also 39, been a good one. Anthony Rizzo, despite the fact that he has struggled at times, the power's still been there, and the power numbers being there – I think continue to keep that ownership probably a little bit artificially low. Another guy uh, that went yard actually uh, the night before. And you'd mentioned Mark Reynolds at 38. Just when you thought Mark Reynolds had kind of, you know, gone back to sleep, it seems like the giants waking up again. So you got Reynolds, you got Votto, you got Rizzo Zimmerman, Goldschmidt of all these guys at the top. Who would you prefer? Which way would you go? If you're going to pay up for a first
2: baseman tonight, man, this is a, a really great batch. And it's a problem that we end up having every day. Um, in, a lot of times you just can't go wrong. Um, of course, you can just continue to mistime him and uh, keep switching him out. But, I mean, like you said, Vado has been an absolute monster. Um, he's only hitting like 285 right now. So, you know, I mean, you saw what he did last year, hitting almost 400 in the second half. Um, you know, there's going to be – that salary is going to be up to 5,000 really, really soon. Um, and so, you know, he's up against a guy in Mike Leek who – uh, you know, technically, I think there's going to be some regression, but Leek's a pretty solid guy, doesn't give up a lot of walks, um, you know, sort of you know, low Ks, but, um, you know, really holding batters, opposing batters, um, you know, especially lefties, uh, very, very minimally do- doing a really good job. So I like Votto. Um, if I'm paying down, I actually like uh, the value play, and I think he's going to be popular again is Matt Carpenter who was mm-hmm. the, uh, the chalk on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, I mean, the guy mashes when he leads off, um, gets pretty streaky, and when he's on, I think he's a guy that you want to have. And, you know, he's in Cincinnati, got the nice park shift, and if he's leading off again, going up against Scott Feldman, I think that's the route that I'm going to want
1: to go. That's another guy, too, if memory serves. Home road splits have been a little drastic this year on him, which is a little odd because he's such a professional hitter type. What about Kenny's Vargas at 2,800 against Christian Bergman? Is that another one you throw out there?
2: Vargas is all he's a uh, he's a potential. Um, I, if he's going to be in the lineup, I think he's someone that uh, we can consider if he was uh, called back up.
1: Oh, he's been gone down there since. My goodness, I'm I, a fool. I Ew.
2: think it's been a I, I think it's been a week or two. But I thought he was. I thought I thought he, he had come back, back up, up here. Possibly.
1: Yes, called June. I see. I, I'm I'm smarter than I look. Vargas <laughs> was recalled on Wednesday, following their with for Jorge Polanco, and that's he's that's kind of why I I thought I had seen that, and that's why I brought it up. See that. See, I'm not yeah. just a pretty face for radio. <laughs> Vargas is back. Now, whether or not he's in the lineup, I don't know. That's going to be We're gonna have to wait and check that out. But the fact that he's potentially in there, potentially, like you just said, one of these guys where you don't know if he's back up or not, or people really might not have even realized it he pops up in the lineup. Is that a potential or loan for low ownership and maybe a separator? Oh yeah, you'll definitely get the low ownership, which is great. Uh, and
2: the other thing is, I really like when um, guys with power struggle um, and get sent down, usually working on you know correcting their swing, getting back in the groove of things, building up their confidence, and coming back into the lineup. I think that's a really strong uh, thing. Uh, I think that's something we might see with Randall Grichuk down the line if mm-hmm. he's even called back up. But um, but absolutely. I mean, I think that's a that's a good call. That's a pretty sneaky play there today.
1: All right, Miguel Sano, third base's teammate, 4,200, top of the board here against uh, Christian Bergman as well. Uh, the rest of this third base, top premium guys, Bryant, 42, uh, against Colorado, Jake Lamb at home, 4K, Noah Aronado against the lefty, John Lester at 4K. So those are the four premium third basemen. Do you favor one over the other or just fade this whole top group? The top group is tough. Um,
2: I I like Arenado in Chicago. I mean, I like to see where the uh, the wind's blowing, um, but I think he's sort of a sneaky play against Leicester. I mean, how can how sneaky can Arenado really be? But um, you know, the the guy's only beginning to warm up, and uh, I think he's a really good play uh, near the top. I always love Lamb. Um, you know, probably gonna have some uh, Lamb tacos for dinner tonight. Hell yeah! But, uh, <laughs> he's he's uh, you know he's got the lefty on lefty. Uh, one for eight, uh, you know, one for eight lifetime against Clayton Richard for all that, if, you know, that matters whatsoever. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's it, you know, you never know. There's a lot of times, you know, you see a lot with Kyle Seeger, who, you know, he's a lefty who's, who mashes lefties. Um, and, you know, sometimes, especially in tournaments, you you got to get a little sneaky and uh, kind of flip the script on him.
1: All right. Yeah. And is there any contrary plays out there, too? Because you got two guys with Moustakis and Shaw who have been pretty good, both of them having. Well, they're facing big name pitchers on this board. To the, the two top guys on the board, is there any hay to be made there with Musakas or Shaw tonight, or is it just safer to go over an extra, you know, eight hundred, six hundred dollars and go all the way up and lock in a guy like an Arenado?
2: Well, so with Shaw, it's my ever long, uh, everlasting debate about how you, we think people perform after they they've had a baby. Like, are they tired? Are they you know? Are they all pumped up? Well, he didn't actually a have a baby, did he? <laughs> I think he was the second man ever behind Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> cause
1: if, cause if he had the baby that will, you know, <laughs> I, I can understand that would be a very well, tough uh, recovery period to then, you know, pop in there and try to hit against Johnny Cueto the next day.
2: Yeah. At least, at least, at least some paternity leave, but uh, you know, you stay up with, you know, you stay up late maybe with the wife. The good, the good thing is, you know, the series was in Milwaukee, um, and he came back uh, on Wednesday so, um, and got a hit in an RBI. And so maybe he's pumped up. Maybe he continues some of that action on Thursday. Uh, he's actually one of the guys I wrote down. So I'm definitely not opposed to a sneaky Travis Shaw. Yes,
1: yeah, sneaky good. We love sneaky over here. That's what we try to do. All right, second base, Jose Altuve, top of the board, 3,800. Daniel Murphy, 37. Cano, 35, coming off a good game the other night. Uh, Then you got Scope and Dozier. I want to talk about Dozier real quick because this is another one who is historically very streaky. We saw last year he get on the best streak of his career. And, you know, I I keep coming to these twins today for some reason as we keep this discussion. And For some reason. I'm looking at Dozier, and I I keep going back to the fact that this is a guy with power and speed. This is a guy you haven't seen the best of Dozier yet. At 3,400 – that price does not scare me off at all. From the fact that he's got some zeros in there, because he's got a lot of zeros, but he's also got a lot of twenty ones and twenty fives in the last you know two weeks or so. So I'm looking at potentially him starting to break out. I'm also seeing the trend where he's walking a little bit more. You know, he's got a couple walks in his last four games, which is another one I always put out there. I say it every podcast when guys are walking, they're seeing the ball better, they're having better strike zone recognition. That's a good trend for a guy who may or may not have been hot or struggled or whatever you want to call it early on. When they start to do that, that's usually a nice signal that things are going to start to turn around very quickly. So Dozier at 34, is that not enough floor and foundation for you? Would you rather go lower or higher based on the, final, the season that Dozier's had so far? No,
2: I mean, I, I have been um, biding my time with him. I think there's going to come a time when he heats up. Um, I don't think we're obviously going to see a replication of what we saw in the second
1: half of last year. No, that was just bananas.
2: Yeah, but he's getting, he's got to be better than this. I think the problem right now is um, he's he's mashing lefties and really struggling struggling against righties. And so um, obviously, a guy like Bergman on the mound isn't all that great. But you know, Bergman has also. I guess, you know, hasn't been necessarily all that horrible. And so, you know, I think his his uh, isolated power against lefties is almost double so far this year, uh, you know, 278 to like 140 or so, if my math is correct. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but most of his power is coming against the righties. And that's what we're looking for, especially, you know, in, in FanDuel, like you want those guys, especially, you know, somebody like him who's leading off, who can just pop off, who gives you those 18 18- points point whatever points off the bat and has an opportunity to give you a two home run game so um definitely not opposed to a guy like brian, brian dozier there at a depressed price
1: all right now speaking of leading off and speaking at a good price 3200 for whit merrifield the story of whit merrifield continues 22 and a half points against houston the other night i mean he's hitting up pie in the order he's hitting everything he sees uh I, I have to tell you I last week in my season long I picked him up in my home league my 16 team points league and I said hey uh, I'm gonna ride this with Merrifield train and see where it goes I don't know when it's gonna crash I'm sure it's going to crash eventually I know the matchups against McCullers but at 3200 I mean that looks like a pretty solid value right now I mean I feel like people get scared away when they see big-time pitchers but they give up hits too they give up runs I mean you know ask Jacob DeGrom how many runs he gave up the other night whether or not he's untouchable you know what I mean
2: <laughs> yeah no indeed uh I mean, you know, Merrifield's definitely in play. Um, you know, he's got had that massive hitting streak and um, just really, really seeing the ball well. Um, you know, the, I, I'm I'm just not too huge on the on the on the. Uh, I was about to call them the Chiefs. Royals offense today, um, just you know. Even though McCullers is on the road, I think that's a good park for him. I, I don't think he's a bad cash play whatsoever. Um, but I think in tournaments, I might be pivoting, looking at a guy like uh, Ian Happ, who I played on Wednesday when he was leading off, um, and hoping he leads off again uh, against Tyler Chatwood. So I think he might be an opportunity for me.
1: All right, I'm going to have to ask it because 2200 Scooter Gennett. If he's in the lineup, are, are you rolling? Are you rolling him again? Are you give it a shot.
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh I don't know. I mean, there's always a chance at five home runs, right? Never
1: know. I mean, I guess. I mean, you know, it's funny he followed up his 98.8 performance with a 6.2 um which, you know, sounds about more like a scooter get kind of night. But look, I mean, let's let's be frank. All right, you know, he's he's got the lefty-righty matchup there. We, he's hitting right-handed pitching uh this year very well. Now, Leek's been pretty good this year. You got to give him credit where credit is due, and I hate to give Mike Leek credit, but I will. But it's still in Cincinnati and if he's in you know in the lineup and playing do you justify the 2200 scooter Gannett because hey what's it cost you to find out right I mean 22 you know three times value four times value is only yep. eight you know oh
2: yeah and yeah exactly and and um the way that it, I think it when build, building salaries today especially because of all of the uh, danger uh in with the bottom Rung pitchers, I think uh, you know you want to get you want to get your solid guy up in first base. You know Matt Carpenter and anyone up from there. Get a good solid third baseman as well. Got to find a place to punt, and I think second base is one of those places to do it today. Um, and I think there might be some some sneaky pivots off of uh, off of him. Um, you know, especially if uh, maybe if they give Kinsler a rest, the Tigers do, and get Dixon Machado at the top of the lineup, he's going to be dirt cheap there. Um, you know, Jose Peraza, who's been running pretty well, and, and, and you know, stealing them bases. So he's 2300. Also, mm-hmm. um, I have a feeling, you know, Scooter might get the day off. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, and a total off the wall punt play. If he plays tomorrow, um, if I play a few lineups, I'm absolutely going to have Aaron Hill <laughs> in one of my lineups nice. and I complete backwards, upside down, um, dirt cheap hitting like crap. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run with that half percent play.
1: Nice, I love it. I love the Aaron Hill, but I'm, this one I'm rooting for. I was not rooting for Scooter Gadette, but I'm rooting right now for Aaron Hill. Let's go to shortstop, top of the board, forty three hundred. Carlos Correa. Let's just stop there for a second and bask in the awesomeness of Carlos Correa, forty three hundred. He's got a matchup against Jason Hamill, who, let's be frank, he stinks. Uh, he's got a five nine three ERA. Are we, are we stacking any Astros in this one? I know it's in Kansas City, but with the way the Astros' offense has been humming and everything. It, you getting correa and a couple guys around him you,
2: you can't go wrong with the guy right now i mean one of the hottest hitters in baseball uh, you know obviously last year had a little bit of a down year um, didn't earn that first round value that a lot of people took him in season long leagues but if you look at his uh, his uh, you know fantasy points fanduel points over the last 2 weeks just absolutely monstrous yeah 44 35 25 27 so he's mashing the ball right now got his average close up to uh, 325 now um, you know, the problem with the Astros and as much as I would love to use them, they're getting so expensive as a whole mm-hmm. that it's really tough to fit them in. Like, unless there is some value pitcher there on the board, it's hard to get, you know, three to four guys in and sort of max your uh, your stack in, uh, you know, using the Astros. So I definitely would want to want to grab a couple of guys there. Um, I would just really have to dig into the lineup and, and see which ones I wanted to take.
1: All right. Trey turned right under him at 42. Cozart. Uh, at 38, kozart has been, you know, just on fire the entire season here. But right after that, I mean, I know Bogarts has been good. The power's been a little lacking, a little slow to pick up there. He's in Yankee Stadium. That's a bonus. But outside of these big four guys, I look at the rest of the shortstop board, and I'll tell you what, I, I don't see the dart throw. I don't see a lot of the guys out there, especially with the matchups, you know, where maybe a D.D. is a guy that I'll go after. I don't like him against Price, you know, Addison Russell, I just think too much swing and miss there for me personally. Is there anybody else at shortstop that you can make an argument for that you can go under 35 and get and actually feel pretty good about rostering? Yeah, I know it's tough. I mean, It's it, tough, it, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we got to see the lineups coming out, but um, there is a specialty, uh, Ramon Torres. I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup for, uh, for Kansas City, but um, Fandle priced him at $0, so uh, <laughs> maybe that one works out.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that. Can't can not, <laughs> not you know? Can't not. <laughs> Baseball is here, and don't get stranded on first base without a RotoWire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six month RotoWire subscription. So go to slash RotoWire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's slash RotoWire. On to the outfield. Big boys at the top, as always, with the outfielders. Harper, 47. Charlie Blackman, 45. Aaron Judge, 45. Nelson Cruz still dealing with that calf issue. But let's talk a little bit about J.D. Martinez now. I know he hasn't played a full season, but you can make an argument that he deserves to be in the All-Star game because this guy's been nothing but just mash since he's been back. And I'll tell you what, since he's become a Detroit Tiger, let's be honest, he's done nothing but hit. I mean, he's been one of the best power hitters in the game, one of the most consistent. The problem is the injuries, but look, He's back right now, forty three hundred. Can you get behind that salary, and can you get behind that salary on a day where he's facing JC Ramirez a ready on righty matchup? I I have no problem
2: with JD Martinez. That guy has been uh, pretty much the staple of my lineups over the last week, week and a half, and uh, definitely has, has helped me make some money. Uh, he, he's, you know, obviously we're preferring the lefty matchup. I think it's some ridiculous number, like. Uh, before yes, before yesterday, it was like five home runs and fourteen at bats against lefties. So far this year, just absolutely insane. But you know, with somebody like J.C. Ramirez is giving up, uh, you know, one point five home runs per nine this season, and has really lost some of that luster uh, off of uh, some of his offerings. I think J.D. is an absolute fantastic way to go. Um, the only other guy that I really like, and obviously you're paying top dollar there is uh, bryce harper yeah i think uh you know can't go wrong you know pr- pr- pretty much getting a a bomb a,
1: a dinger almost every other game yeah harper's been a beast there uh mookie bets all the way on the 4k and, and it's funny i'm looking at the matchup too against Pineda, and maybe we were remiss maybe we should have mentioned it is there anything to gain from Pineda tonight you know with so much attention possibly on price and that salary is Pineda maybe being the oppo way to go there maybe making a little hay.
2: Yeah, I mean, his uh, price is depressed a little bit there at 8.2, but he's averaging 35 Fanduel points a game. Um, obviously, it was just that really that last start against the, against uh, Toronto where he served mm-hmm. up five earned runs. I mean, he's playing that, that start was in Rogers Center. It was a, obviously a tough matchup when all the Blue Jays were mashing at once. But previous to that, he's I mean, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like six consecutive starts of 34 or more fantasy points. Just really damn solid. Does uh, that make him definitely-
1: a tournament play tonight because he's going against Price where you say, well, if, the, if he has a great game and he beats Price, right off the bat there, you're you know, probably ahead of a lot of the pack, especially with nobody at the bottom. I mean, you, you mentioned the bottom is just the dregs tonight. I don't think you could possibly even throw any of those guys out there.
2: Yeah, and then the Red Sox lineup, I mean, they have definitely been hit or miss. I mean, you, you see them either put up a whole bunch of runs or, you know, just like yesterday where you just get absolutely nothing from them. And, um, you know, it, he's actually the favorite. He's a, he's a slight favorite, obviously, because they're at home. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the weather is going to look like, but there might be some, uh, you know, a little bit of clouds there. Um, so um, absolutely can't go wrong for a guy that should probably be uh, 9000 or more and you're getting him for 8200 Not a bad deal at all.
1: Uh, also too, let's, let's touch on some of these guys too. We, we really didn't mention, I know, I know Blackman and, and Gonzalez got the lefty matchup here against John Lester, but any of this speedster kind of guys, uh, pique your interest on in Colorado going against Lester. I know he did throw a guy out at first base. He did pick up somebody last week and it was, it was ugly, but he, but he got him. I forget who it was, but I watched it happen. I was like, wow, it's, that's, that's uh there you go. There's the one and only for the year, but is there anybody, there's like a lock stolen base guy for you in Colorado today?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, with some of the Colorado guys, I, I mean, because some of them are, you know, the guys that I really want are just so expensive. And the way that we're constructing lineups today, you really can only have, you know, fit one of a guy like Harper Blackman or J.D. Martinez. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's going to be tough. But if I am, if I definitely, I, if I want to go against the grain on a on a, uh, on a tournament team, I definitely want to uh, build that one around Charlie Blackman, maybe get the top couple of guys in the lineups, get him and Otto in with a little stack against Leicester, find some cheap value plays to fill in at a you know, catcher second base and kind of go from there. I think he's absolutely in play.
1: All right, who else in the outfield really uh, comes up to mind here when you're looking at prices? We've been talking lately that sweet spots around that $3,400 range and some of those guys still floating around there. The Bradleys, the Yelichs, even Renfro and Trumbo, those guys. Even Ian Desmond, who maybe, you know, last night's game is is a marker of him starting to turn things around. He didn't play in the spring. You know, I feel like that's always going to put a guy behind. Forget the injury. It's just going to be a matter of time before he gets all the timing down. It's going to take him another couple of weeks just to get up to speed. But is there anybody else that really uh, pops for you where you say, okay, that's a nice return on investment. Is it a Matt Kemp at 33? Who else for you?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some of these Seattle guys. Um, I'd like to see, you know, who, who's going to be at the top of the lineup. Is it going to be Guillermo here? Heredia again? Um, you know, maybe Ben Gamble, the lefty against Kyle Gibson. I'm really looking to target against Kyle Gibson uh, in Seattle. Um so i think that's uh you know definitely an opportunity there and really just depends on you know who 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 pops out i'm i'm definitely not opposed for uh you know at, at putting somebody in like a you know twenty one hundred dollar john jay if he's leading off um you know definitely paying attention to the lineups that are coming out today um and uh yeah i mean it's you know the, Maybe even some of the uh, Phillies, uh, Odubel Herrera, who's been at, you know an absolute monster in the last few games, and he's only hitting 243, but he's brought that average average up almost forty points from the Mendoza line just over the last week. Uh, two back to back forty point Fanduel performances um, over Sunday and Monday, and so um, he's still priced okay at three thousand one hundred, and that's someone else that I'm
1: considering. I'm glad you mentioned him because that's one of my favorite players, and to me. Uh, I just, you know, I was just waiting. I'm just waiting for him to turn it around. And and it was only a matter of time. He's a good player. He had a very consistent 2016 campaign. So to see him struggle so bad in 2017 was so odd and and kind of a bummer. I mean, him and Franco, really, you were looking at maybe Philly taking a step forward this year and it feels like everyone's taking a step back there, but I'm with you. I think 3,100, I mean, I don't care how much ownership ends up happening because of that price. I'm with you 100% on Herrera. All right, that's Vlad Sedler. You can follow him on Twitter at RotoGut. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe JoePizzapia17. For everybody here at RotoWire, have a great day of Daily Fantasy.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.